0: The following episode is brought to you by Poison City Brewing, proud makers of Durban Poison Cannabis Lager, the beer that invites you to live your poison.
1: Like I I still love the thing though, like between you, you
0: and Wade, with the where everything is you referred to as a child oh uh, dude i'll tell you all about how that started even as all well in yeah the dude like, quick,
1: like actually hit me with now, nah, dude. like what was that because i am i am already recording so oh like, okay see. how did, how so... did you get, end up
0: being the the child of the music scene like everyone the oh. first the first time wade said something like this i was working pirate fest held by sicario effect we did pirate fest of the Trey you and uh ale the after party i was standing outside on this parking lot and wade was smoking and I, I don't remember what I said, but it just boiled down to I was like, I said something about feeling old, and then he, and then he was like, "Oh, well, how old are you?" So at the time I was 20, 22. yeah, it's like two years ago. So I was twenty two, and he was like, "Holy shit, you're 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 a fucking child! Like you're just that you're 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 a child, man! Like you can't say anything from now on. You're just a child." And then that started, that started the 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 forest fire that of, is the whole of literal brandon memes that have grown kid. from this <laughs> and i didn't even know how many people knew of this until one two years ago at the uh, south africa metal music awards i was supposed to present an award when i before i got on stage the mc was like everyone's favorite underage kid brandon and i was like holy fuck wade really <laughs> wade, wade really made a name for there. me like, he really <laughs> spread it. wade made me popular bro <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like
0: not, not necessarily the way I thought it was going to be, but hey. <laughs> it's, it's
1: always that way though you never get you never get the fame or recognition
0: in how you anticipate it or how you imagine it. <laughs> Yes, dude. And then, and then so many people, so many people would like think he's being serious, like he's being an actual asshole to me. And then they try to like, fight him. And then sometimes I DM them and be like, Hey, no, it's just like, it's an inside joke. It's just a meme. Or sometimes I'll just watch the chaos unfold. Just see them try and fight Wade, because there's no way you can win an argument with Wade. He's, he enjoys great. it he
1: enjoys it way too much like yeah like no, sometimes i'll just it. comment on something purely to see his response and also like <laughs> in the same vein like if peter blackbeard gets involved as well yeah like... <laughs> <Imagine> <laughs> like if i see to both theater, the same comment section <laughs> yeah you know that that's shit's juicy as when... <laughs> the, the music scene is just something else really or just that, that 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 group is just ah it's wonderful
0: yeah, man, I, I, I came, I, I got very close to the people in the Gauteng music scene and uh, it's a, I love it with all my heart. So I just, I can't wait for shit to like get back, you know, like it's, it's tough. Yeah, dude, I can imagine like with
1: COVID and everything and just, I, I mean, i myself haven't played a gig in over a year. I, I was preparing for something or we, we as a band were preparing for something. And then literally like the same week that the show was supposed to happen, we got hit by the first wave of restrictions.
0: it's uh it's like we we went to um i went to the ramfest shows we with gallows um we did one uh in cape town and uh that was still such a phenomenal show there's this i don't know if you know the venue the 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 hillcrest quarry 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 no anyway it's like it's just like this big ass quarry like it's massive and like it can fit like a whole stadium in there and um the whole Ramfest was just in this hole in the ground in a mountain somewhere. And it was really cool. And then um, the very next day, we, I flew back in the morning, came to the Ramfest in Pretoria. And then I remember it was all fun and games, seeing my friends. We all hugged each other goodbye because you could still do that. It's like we were mushing very hard. And then it wasn't even a whole week. And then the restrictions came into place, I and mean, we're like, "Fuck!" Was that just unintentionally our like last show? And yeah, and it was for like a good six, seven months. It was like the last show. It was the last time I would see anyone. That was the last time I would work at any kind of music thing. So it was a it was a big shock. It was out of fucking nowhere.
1: Yeah, I can, I can only imagine. I mean, like, so for anyone who, who doesn't know what you do, first of all, this is, this is Brandon Render. If you haven't read the, the, the title of this episode, I don't know how many people actually do that. I'm um, going into one of these. We've already moved along into a couple of things and whatnot. So let's take the opportunity to introduce yourself and what it is that you actually do in the scene for someone who hasn't heard of you and what would you actually do in the music community?
0: Sweet. Okay. So yes, I'm Brandon Render. I, uh, I kind of do, I do a lot of things, but my main thing would be uh being a, what people would call a roadie or a you know, stagehand guitar slash drum tech, do all those things. And I got into the industry by having to, it's actually a funny story. So what I had to do was I was studying sound engineering at Academy of Sound Engineering and we had to dr- drop shadow Someone like any any audio engineer, and uh, I was like, okay, cool. Well, I know of one because I saw this band live. It's a band called One Day Sky. Shout out to them; they're fucking awesome. And Clint is a sound engineer, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go job shadow at Clint's place, you know. And I I hit him up, and I'm like, cool do you have any times that you're working in studio that I could just come sit in and he's like, Oh, I have this hip hop artist coming in. And then Thursday I have face in the gallows. And I was like, face in the gallows sounds pretty metal. And I like metal. So like, I wanted to go, I want to go do that. And um, it's like, okay, cool. And then that's how I met the boys. I sat through the majority of the doom to album. Uh, like the whole album that they, did with doom 2 and you know the latest album that they released before Regan joined and uh it must have been a one hell of then an i was like hey shit hey,
1: that's it I, was, I it was no idea. it was that's actually
0: <laughs> fucking cool like like that's that yeah and I, I was like meeting these guys and i was like shit dude these these homies are like
1: and they're, were, they're, they're... were you aware of the band at that point like when you when you said um, when you said it did you
0: know facing the gallows did you Unknowingly, I was aware of them. So just just the year before that, in 2017, Jampack Productions brought our last night over for the first time, right? And then I went to that show. At first, I thought because I come from Meldorf, dude. I'm like proper, like it was a very like <laughs> Blasdorp, you know. Yeah, so like the fall. I didn't know. I I I I knew Juanita Duplessis and I knew Densio don and that's about it. That's all I knew. We had right, and then. I came and watched our last night and I thought actually Jump I thought they, all these opening acts, I think it was like four or five bands that they did opening acts. Um, like the set for the sky, One Day Sky, Facing the Gallows and I can't even remember all the others. Wasn't Yumi and the Harmony there as well? Didn't they also? Open? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think so. As far as I know, it was like a massive, it was so cool. And I thought Jam Flew in all these bands from America with our last night. I thought all these bands were like international because I was like, we don't have this. We don't have this in South Africa. There's absolutely no way. So I did see Gallo's life before I met them. I just didn't know it was them. And then I went to the whole studio and I was like, yo, these guys are pretty intimidating. Turned out they were just very, very fucking stoned. So not really (laughs) intimidating. They were just extremely... (laughs) and it was cool i got like the whole the whole vibe of how studio works um how annoying it could get to redo the same vocal line or the same guitar riff and like it was very cool to me and then um they were very nice guys so i looked up um like all their numbers and contact details and i remember it was like just like a few days after that where um after the dead mindset uh studio recordings were done where they wanted to do a music video for doom two. And uh, they were like, okay, cool. We're going to do this whole music video in uh, Ray, the bassist's house. It's going to be like a fucking um, lounge metal show vibe, like in someone's lounge. I'm like, okay, cool. And we're allowed to come and I'm allowed to bring friends. And I was like, shit, dude, this is sick. I'm going to hang with celebs. When I went there also unknowingly, almost everyone I know in the scene and are very good friends with now, everyone was there but I didn't know any of them which was very weird to me because I look back at memories of that photo and I'm like shit I, I you were there I saw you but I we just we didn't know each other you know but uh anyway to the point I got there we did the whole music video it was a lot of fun and after that night it was basically I cemented my friendship with the boys which was very cool uh, I got to I got invited to a lot of their shows and um yeah, and then be right before that, uh, because of One Day Sky and Clint, I got in contact through JP, who's also one of the big managers at Jump Act. I got in contact with Jump Act and I was like, hey, I want to like do something because I was too shy to do any of my own music because I was like, I'm not good enough. You know, you know that feeling where you don't want to yeah. release anything or do anything because you don't think you're going to be able to make it. So I was like, I want to do something in the scene. And then Craig um, Atkinson phoned me and he was like, I, I didn't know who he was, by the way. I just knew he was like the main dude, one of them, him and Jenna, like the main people. And he phoned me and he's like, why should you work for Jam Productions? Why shouldn't I give this to someone else? Like, like straight up, like question like that. And I was like, my heart dropped, dude. I was like, fuck. Um, yeah. I don't know, dude. Like music is my passion. And uh, I just said a bunch of shits and um, it ended up me going to work for them doing the first, uh, show of the five show tour that they did for the rhino conservation and it was secrets um which is coincidentally a band that i've been listening to since like i could remember so i was like freaking out it's through that that i started learning more things and getting more contacts working with some of my childhood heroes um like crown the empire and Attila and, you know, those people. Like it was and meeting meeting them and then getting their contact details, building a name for yourself, making sure that one day if I should go there, I could have a place to start, you know, do something like that. But um, yeah, that's basically what I do. I, I do crew work. I also do social media managing for some bands here and there. I'm starting the whole band managing thing now, which is also nice. I have my own music site project that I'm doing. So yeah, that's basically all the kind of things that I'm doing in the scene. But yeah, basically just a crew member. I sit in front of the drums that Vic kicks because he can't kick softly. So his, because his kick drum flies everywhere. So I have to sit in front of the drums every show and hold it. So if you've probably seen someone do that, that was probably me. Um, My left ear is fucked because of that. So thank you, Vic. But yeah, that's basically what I do.
2: We'll be right back.
0: You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel yeah. me? Loading them up on it, it only takes structure, and, and you know just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah, nah, I man. So do do
2: your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm y'all trying, already? Oh yeah, I'm yeah. trying, oh, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, yeah. Man, need, y'all need, we need, quiet. look, 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 We all artists, man.
1: We go. You feel me? We gonna have this like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play we play with this, <laughs> don't shit, right play there, with this shit. I gotta
0: lie, we play with this shit right now for a for oh, I gotta Don't, gonna lie. Play, with don't it, play with it. Nah. Take that shit serious.
1: That's cool, man. Like that's such a I I'm curious to know, like, with your how, with doing sound engineering was that a, a learning experience for what you were studying to do at the time did becoming a, a stagehand becoming working with actual bands and you know helping manage the sound and helping set up stage did that was that valuable information for working towards becoming a sound engineer
0: definitely uh, so i my main dream as a kid was to be a musician and uh it was that point in my life right after matric where i was like shit dude most musicians at the age of 18 well, most musicians I listen to have done like two warp tours. Like I'm not good enough for the shit. Right. So my mindset was like, at least I want to do something, something similar to that. So I still want to be part of the music scene. I would never want to do a nine to five job. That is just not for me. I can't do that. So it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go study sound engineering and uh, dropped out twice out of two different universities. (laughs) be because of various reasons and um I was like hey like this is also just not for me sound engineering knowing knowing the things that I do know now does help a lot when it comes to crew work like um if the sound engineer needs something from me I know exactly what he needs Uh, I know what is what might be the faults I know what might be wrong if I have to run to the sound engineer and be like hey you need to come do this or you know, those things. So yeah, it was a learning experience. And I think that if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be working crew today. So yeah, definitely, definitely valuable information. Also a lot of the stuff in the courses was to do with home, home production, studio production, like your own bedroom studios and stuff, which I am using basically every single day. So I would say that it was very, very, very valuable to go and study Sun engineering and i'm very happy i did
1: no i do that's that's great like it's it's so cool like uh, one of the biggest things the reasons why i wanted to talk to you is just your your perspective on it and just being you know how you have such a different line of sight than the average person who would one even just to one person spectating or watching music as well as a person and then from a person who is playing music you know you're in that sort of middle ground that sort of limbo in between i don't know if that would be the best way to describe it yeah i i totally agree and it must be such an interesting experience like just not only spectating but being an intricate part of what is actually going on here that you are to some degree making this function
0: yeah, it is, uh, it's it's uh, the first few shows I would tell you are some of the most stressful shows of my life. But especially if you, if I work for like a band, like for Gallows, we go to the show, you like party, you work for like that, wa- that one 45 minute set that they do and then you're done, right? But when you work for like production companies like Jam Packed, you start at like 10 in the morning and you finish at three the next morning. So that was like, that was one of my first shows I've ever done. And I did all three. I did both the Johannesburg shows and the Cape Town show. So it was a very like insane experience. Like my body was dead. I didn't know a lot of the terms because I was still studying. Um, So you were just throwing straight into the deep end, basically. You just did. You were given a job and like, cool, run. (laughs) I was like Googling terms. Like as soon as every time, like the sound engineer or one of the stage hands or one of the bands, like, stage text would say something i would google the term just to know what it means it and it's absolutely sure like, even if it was something you did know yeah. like fuck <laughs> do i even yeah, like, know what this means <laughs> like an xlr cable i knew what it meant but the one time the dude was like hey can you pass me the xlr and i was like um uh i was like you know what the fuck is that i don't know what that is uh, and then afterwards i was like oh fuck I, I know what an xlr cable is come on brandon jesus and uh so yeah it was a uh, it was definitely straight from the deep end and it was, it was a big learning curve because of that. So luckily um, my bosses did know giant Pack knew that I, I told them like, I didn't go in. I don't know a lot. This is my first thing. So they knew it was all relaxed, but I was stressed and uh, it's nice that the perspective is very nice. It's very different because you see musicians giving, pouring their heart out on stage obviously not really caring about what's going on around them, especially Gallows. It could be that first song and mic stands are flying, drums are falling over. And like, so you see that and you know that, Hey, I kind of made a difference by going and fixing that, doing that. I made the show more flowing. Like I made the show flow better. So that does feel rewarding in itself which is very nice but also you see you see these crowd members that are like very big fans of the band and you see the band you see them connect and it's very cool to watch from a side perspective because you're not in the crowd connecting with the band you're not the band member connecting with the crowd you're just like watching this happen and it's a very beautiful thing and um which is why i also want to get into managing bands because i can see things that they don't necessarily notice like they'll get off stage a bunch of times where the bands i work with would get off stage and they'll be like oh that was horrible that was i we just didn't do well and i'm like maybe te- in a musical sense and a technical sense for you you didn't do well but when it comes to the entertainment aspect of it and how the show went delivered. you did yes very well like yeah. like that's what i tell like the two um Main bands I work for, uh, well, three main bands I work for is Facing the Gallows, Sunken States, and then um, a more alternative pop artist called James Deacon. He's like, he's also, he's blowing up, he's a phenomenal musician, he's doing so well for himself, and with all three of those acts, and I feel like they're some of the best musicians I've seen, There will always be shows where they'll get off stage. And then I will be like, that was like probably the best show I've ever seen. And I've seen hundreds of your shows. That was probably the best one. And they'll be like, oh, dude, no. That's like in my top 10 shittiest shows. And I hated it. And that was horrible. And I'm like, you see, like, that's what you think. That's what you think. But I could see the crowd. I could see them having the time of their lives. I could see you having the time of your life. Maybe you didn't enjoy it musically, but out of an entertainment point of view, that was a phenomenal show. And that perspective um, is a really cool thing to have. I'm very privileged to have that perspective. So yeah, I think it's cool.
1: Yeah. I think it also helps the musicians themselves, like astronomically, because let's be honest, musicians or artists in general are some of the most self-critical creatures out there. Like, it's just, I, I used to think it was just me as an artist as well. But then I, I, when I finally started engaging with other artists, especially through Sludge as well, is God, we're a bunch
0: of stuff. Like we're all just so critical about everything, everything we do. You're so, you guys are so like humble and it's nice to be humble, but shit, dude, own 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 up to your shit for once. Yeah. Like be like, hey, I'm fucking, I'm doing good. My band's doing good. You know, there's a reason like, like this is what I tell gallows. There's a reason you guys went to fucking. There's a reason you guys were on tour with Ginger. Like you guys did shows with Ginger. Like it's not because, oh, you did like a subpar show. No, it's because like you need to own up to it a bit. Be like, hey, maybe I am a good musician, right? But also on the other side of the spectrum, keep challenging yourself. Try and be better every single show, which is nice. Just don't be so hard. And then vocalists, dude. Vocalists are the worst. Yeah, when yeah, one hundred percent. They fucking hate every single show they do. I don't think I've ever worked with a vocalist where they were happy with the show.
1: Now that you mention it, I'm just thinking, I'm also trying to think of a vocalist who's gone from a stage and been like, I fucking killed that.
0: Like, Yeah, guitarists, it just, drummers will be like, that show was sick. Fuck yeah. Vocalists will be like, no, dude, I fucked up the third note of the sixth song. And I'm like, and? I said dude, the wrong
1: line of a song that no one's ever heard before. Like, well, that no one knows the words to. Like, kind of thing. No, I get you.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like, and it's, it's a, uh, I like to think um, of myself as more of a like. I try to boost the morale um, in between shows as well, because uh, I feel like that's also part of a, a a roadie's job. Especially when you're on tour, the band's morale could die very quickly after a bad show. If that one show is bad, that the rest of the like the two three weeks, if you don't do it right, can be extremely bad. So like you just have to tell them hey like out of, out of an outside point of view i don't have to lie to you like i don't have to lie to you i don't i'm not gonna lie to you that was a good show whether you liked it or not that was a good show deal with it you can be critical in yourself for other reasons but don't think that the show sucked because you made a mistake so you have to boost that morale otherwise shit dude bands get so low yeah no i can, I can
1: understand that like just hearing you talk about this though is, is just it, it makes it sound like just like a, a proper like a family of being kind con- you know, I, I, based on how you talk about it, like I would consider you part of the band, a part of what makes it function. Like It's admirable. Like people would look at it and say, that is facing the gallows. The band themselves would also know that they're, it's not just them as a unit, but there's so many people who are technically a part of the band from behind the scenes, like yourself, for instance. Uh, something
0: that's sort of key to making it run and, and function smoothly. Yeah, like that's one thing that I, that I do. I do appreciate your words, firstly. Thank you so much. And uh, it's one thing that I... That's just where I'm humble once again. Like, I feel like a lot of these bands don't really need me. Um, But the shows would go smoother if I was there. But they, you know, they don't really need me. Like, they'll be okay without me. But um, also, a lot of times they would come to me and be like, hey, thank you. Like, that was like without you, that show sucked. Or, you know, you're a part of this family, especially Gallows and James Deacon and Sangha said, all of them, like, they, they make sure that you know that you are, you are a very crucial part of what they do and you are part of the vision. You are in the vision for the long run. Um, this is part of the plan. Like for instance, the the way Gallows um, contact me, contacted me to be part of their crew was I was at the, there was a Valken battle of the bands at Sundowners and they were at that one. And this was before they even knew they were going to go to Valken. They were still battling about and, this was like one of the first gigs with um, Regan. He still had like that whole, like he fucked up his leg in some way. his was knee. And he was like in this weird, like cast thing. And he was like doing these weird gorilla jumps. Cause that's all he could do. I was such a cool show. And then afterwards I went and I spoke to them and I'm like, that was amazing. Like, well done like phenomenal show you guys you guys are definitely going to win this because when i saw them with regan especially the new vocalist the dynamic they had i was like there's no way that they're not winning this this they definitely winning this this is they just click you know they do so well together and then james approached me and he was like hey so i you can say no to this but like i just want to know that we would really love having you on board i see you as part of this vision we need to make more professional moves we need to have those like Um, you know, crew, you know, have the crew, people setting up our stage for us. You know, you have to look the part. And that's what I told them afterwards as well. Like, it's a really crucial thing because when these international bands come over here and you don't really even see them until before the show, they have like a whole team of people coming, setting up their stage, 10 minutes, that whole stage is done. Everything is ready. The band, even the clothes are ready for the band, the wardrobe, everything. Like, and that is, that, that just screams professionalism to me like that just i that looks good you know and wearing a shirt that sometimes says like uh you know gallows crew or Jampack productions crew or james deacon's crew or whatever like that looks cool people see that and like holy shit this band has a crew that is cool it makes you look way more professional i enjoy that side of it too because that may also makes me feel part of the band it makes me feel like i am you know not just some freelancer that they can just you know oh no we don't want you now and then like two weeks later oh we want you again or you know it's actually like we're going to the show but we might not need you but you can still come you know please come with me like just come with because you are part of this like project we want you to be there we want you to be seen with us which is very nice so yeah i i do feel I must say all these bands that I worked with, like they make me feel like I am part of the band, even though I'm not on stage playing an instrument or singing, you know, like I feel part of them. So that's, that's very cool. Very close knit to all of them as well.
1: Like it's just, it's, it's, it's mind blowing just hearing you talk about all these sort of things, like just the, the concepts of professionalism and the image that it gives. And I wanted to ask your thoughts, man, on, bands who are not at that point yet who are working towards that point who are working towards professionalism and their image and you know how they should act on stage and act before they get on stage and act on when they're setting things up as someone whose job this is as someone who does this for a living what advice would you give those bands
0: so are we talking bands that are playing for like 10 people at like club shows and yeah that are so working... your, your
1: bands that are working up your bands that are trying to make a name for themselves that are trying to make the right moves that you know
0: yeah okay well this this is actually going to be a fun question because i had this conversation especially with sunken state which is i don't know if you know but they're blowing up right now in the metal scene they um and there's a reason for that okay so i would start by saying first of all obviously your music needs to be good uh you need to constantly make sure that your music is good but on the other side of things, your social media is probably going to be your lifeblood throughout the rest of your career. Like we're not, we're not in the early 2000s where you can run around and give your mixtape to people and maybe that could blow up. That's not how it is at all anymore. Like you need social media presence. You need constant social media presence. You need a f- fan base that will interact with you and would want to come through to your shows. A lot of bands like Volvedenia um, did that correctly they they did the whole social media thing perfectly and their image was we're this very big scary mm, horror gore band and our vocalist says brie a lot but like look we also we have this image that we have this gory fucking we put our our logo on basically everything so like merch as well very important. Valverdean have like, they have curtains, they have bedding, they have yeah, people actually getting tattooed like with the yeah, neck. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they have that's the not best marketing. I don't know what it is in their the like... game. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you need to have social media presence. Secondly, you all need to have a very similar aesthetic, in my opinion. Like, your band, you can't be okay. It also depends on your genre, but like, you can't have like a homie that's dressed like Tony Hawk from 2003, and then dude in the front looks like Lil Peep. Like it's just not—it's not gonna correlate properly. Your band needs to have a look. Like Crown the Empire, they have an entire um, flight case with just their wardrobe. Like that's—that's that's just their wardrobe in there because they right before they go on stage they put on certain clothes because this is the universe that they created for themselves. They all match. They not the same clothes, but they look like they come from the same how can I say this timeline? So same story. That is very important. Exactly. So like you need to have the same aesthetic when it comes to that, you need to have a very, very sleek, but not over the top egotistical attitude. I feel like you can be a very kind person, but you also need to, you also need to act like, yeah, Hey, yeah, that is my band. I'm in that band. You know, I make this music because otherwise people just, people are attracted to, so attracted to people who they think are famous slash popular slash you know so don't be arrogant but be confident in what you do and um i would also say like if this is like your first few shows the free shows in the beginning play them play the free shows i know it sucks playing free shows it's it's very shit sometimes to play free shows but sometimes free shows can give you some of the biggest breaks ever um or play the cheap shows too like Sunken State played uh I don't know I don't know just for like legal reasons I don't know how much Summers paid them or if Summers paid them but they played uh, Summers two years ago the, the two years ago Summers and then uh Rob from Rob Pereira from Ramfest saw them and he was like cool, I want them to open for Black Dahlia Murder. Oh, and shit. Okay. They yeah. did. Like- so they went from playing the smallest free club shows to playing for Black Dahlia Murder. And after that, Gallows was like, we fucking love this band so much um, that they're going to go, we're going to do like a whole bunch of shows, which was going to happen this year. There was going to be so many shows with Sunken State and Facing the Gallows. Like, it was going to be insane. And yeah, so like, just do the free shows, but don't do them all the time. At least try and try and get door money, but like don't get fucked over by promoters. It's a very fine line, but like if you know that there's going to be a lot of people there, do it. If you know there's going to be important people there, do it. If it's just a free show for 10 people, but your band is not even a year old, do those as well. But when it comes to festivals, I would say um if you're at that level where you're at festival level and you can like play for big international acts don't do free shows at clubs anymore i think then you need to set a rate for your band even if it's something stupid it's something small it's all once again it's about that image if um, people are going to know that you're just playing free shows at a club they're not going to want to pay you for the festival either would you say it's it's setting a standard setting a an image yeah. of this is where a, we
1: are take basically take it or leave it at this at this point when you've reached exactly
0: because because to me it's bullshit uh, because in south africa so many people won't support a band even by paying 20 rand entrance which to me is fucking laughable because you're gonna go pay 60 rand for a drink but you for one drink that you're gonna probably have seven drinks of but you won't even pay um Twenty rand entrance to see this band, like we did. There was a show at Grind Bar. Um, rest in peace. I miss Grind Bar so much. There was a show there, and then um, someone walked past, and they wanted to come in, and it was like ten rand entrance, dude. Ten rand, and these people were like, "Nah, it's cool. We'll go to the next place where it's like free to go into." And I'm like, "Stop that!" So like, band should start in the first place asking more for tickets. I feel like if it if it's a under 100 if it's under 100 rand for like three to four bands per ticket i feel like that's a little too cheap to me because i feel like bands put a lot of effort into these shows and they deserve to make more so start asking for more especially when you're at that set where like the the, let's say the main band is like facing the gallows facing the gallows will have their set fee they'll have their um set amount of money that you need to pay them for them to play they they don't do door anymore they don't do those kind of things anymore because they've made a name for themselves if you can't afford to pay for this band to play then they shouldn't play there you know unless there's like special arrangements being made you know what i mean so like i think when you get to a festival level stop playing the free shows because um, it's going to set this very weird image for you that the festival the festival promoters probably will be like you were going to play a free show for 10 people at a club for free so why should I pay you to play this festival for so many other big bands you know where you can at least say hey no I was going to play that club for a thousand rand then they'll be like okay well if you were going to play a club for a thousand rand we'll pay you 3k for this show so it's gonna it's all gonna like Sets yeah, a bar, you need to set a... a bar, especially in South Africa, dude. We need to set a bar. We need to start setting way higher bars because the bar is very low at the moment for a lot of things. Talking, talking about that bar, you know, and then just what
1: you're talking about with the entry costs and stuff like that where bands just aren't charging enough to actually make this feasible for them. What would you say about the, the infrastructure that we have for musicians? Because we talk about this a lot, even amongst ourselves in Sludge where a big like, issue for artists in the country is, is that that infrastructure isn't there in that sense. This is your, your set deals. This People are willing to pay you and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on that overall infrastructure? Do you think it's improving? Do you think it's something that's non-existent at uh, all? As, as someone who works in it, what are your thoughts on so it?
0: So just a uh, just, uh, notice to everyone listening, I've only been in this industry for three to four years now. Um, but what i have noticed is to me it is improving it is not where it was and every o bali over the age of 30 would tell you oh dude you missed the golden days of south african music like okay cool i, I know that too much <laughs> like cool we get that i, I hear it too don't worry <laughs> thank you for telling <laughs> me that i missed the golden days i'm trying to make today the golden days you know um yeah. so stop pitching and make it happen again yes let's 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 work towards that instead of being like oh fuck it'll never be as good as hatfield square like dude i've heard stories about you getting mugged there don't talk shit dude like anyway so (laughs) (laughs) the, the the infrastructure i think is getting a little bit better because there has been this weird realization it happened last year somewhere where all the bands all of a sudden realized hey we're maybe we're not being uh treated as well as we thought and um You know, maybe we should start expecting people to start paying more. And I know Peter Blackbeard, if I'm not mistaken, did make a post about this, about uh, you need need to be willing to support the musicians that you listen to um, more than just a 20 rand. If a musician to you isn't more important, is less important to you than a can of fucking castle light then you should really reevaluate um, going to watch their shows. If you're going to, if you, if you go there, you know that they needed to drive there. They needed to practice, probably rent out of practice place. They needed to service their instruments. And then they're putting on a 45 minute show for you. And then there's three bands that do that. And you wouldn't even pay 30 Rand, which is less than most alcoholic beverages to see that happen. Even though you claim that they're one of your favorite bands, that to me is a little shitty. When it comes to promoters, though, a lot of promoters are extremely, extremely good. And I'm not going to name any promoters who are good or bad during the show because of obvious reasons. But like promoters that I've seen last, last year as well, like bands have been treated very much better than they have in the last three years because they're starting to see like, you know, this is, these bands are also without the bands, there's no shows. Like, you need to start treating the bands like humans and not like some, you know, lackeys that you can just, hey, can you can just come uh, make some noise at my venue? And then afterwards, I probably won't pay you for three months and then I'll pay you half of the amount I promised you. You know, that kind of shit. Like, don't yeah. do that because those bands are going to stop playing your venue if you do that. So it did improve a lot. Galas going to Valken also opened their eyes to see how insanely, insanely great promoters treat the bands overseas like it's fucking insane you do not pay for your own drinks you have like a buffet behind every like um stage at every show and these aren't even big bands dude like that's just the standard that they have overseas and the other thing is it could be a wednesday night it could be a wednesday night and all these people would still come in and fill up that venue because um they are supportive there because they didn't set the bar as low as we did they never set that bar that low they the bar was high from the start they know that they're going to pay good money and they worked hard for that money so they're going to go have a good time it's not someone coming in popping a 20 rand and being like Ugh, i'm just going to sit at the back and nod my head for a few seconds while this band that i claim are my favorite band plays their heart out on stage you know so it's a very different um atmosphere overseas uh, uh,
1: I do find that like a lot of it also comes down to of how our general culture approaching music is like I had this conversation with someone who had been overseas for a while and had been involved in the music scene overseas for a while. And the thing that this person spoke about was that like, you know, for, and I think he was talking about the states. Is there was was a culture of like, hey, I want to go watch some bands. I don't know who's playing tonight, but I'm gonna go. I, I want to go watch some bands. I want to yeah. go watch some music. We don't really have that same thing here. We South Africans are very much willing no yeah it's to like do that hey they're... so
0: this big band that i do love they are coming in two months the tickets right now are 80 rand in two months the tickets will be 250 rand but it's fine i'll wait to see if something else comes up if i'm gonna go bri at Kubis's house or something yeah but before that uh i'll i'll probably just buy at the door you know like what the fuck is that 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 yeah. doesn't make sense to me like you can you can pay you s- three times less money for that band that you really love you want to come see why are you waiting to go buy tickets at the door and then potentially you're going to get pointed away because you didn't buy a ticket and now it's sold out and then you're going to go leave a shitty review on the promoters page because you're going to get into the show like that dude that it's crazy to me how this works yeah
1: yeah it's it's, it it frustrates me because it's a case of like i i personally as obviously based on what what we we do as sludge underground you know i'm very curious like if i've never heard of the bands on the list i'm like "Fuck, sweet i get to listen to some new music that's sweet yeah I'm it's great. brand new i'm not the, I'm not the most i'm not the most like how do i say like jump around person because i tend to just listen to the music and take it in especially if i've never heard oh, yeah. the band before but i'm there i'll be up front i'll sit and i'll listen to you i'll stand up front yeah and i'll watch you i'll support you And that means the world to artists as well is that that actual engagement that this person is standing and watching me intently. They are watching me. Especially if it's
0: another artist that you possibly know that you didn't think knew your music. Um, like imagine you standing there and you're seeing someone that you look up to banging their head to one of your songs. Like that is, that is a massive, massive thing for you. And it's something that is very much needed here. Um, Especially what I've noticed is with other, with other bands as well, like when they're playing shows with certain bands and then the bands that aren't playing will be somewhere outside chilling. And I'm like, guys, maybe just go in for like, you know, like five yeah, minutes. At least, at least go watch at least, at the very least, half of the set yeah, yeah. Just show, screw show, that, support. Around. show like, that camaraderie like you know exactly that. like that doesn't i don't like when bands do that or, but i get it when some bands like have work and they can only pitch right before that i understand but like when you're just chilling and you're expecting everyone to support you but you're not supporting i don't Especially feel like a that that band that does it there.
1: consistently where it's a band that's known to do it like you yeah know, if, if it's the first time you see it happen, you know, you can't really judge. You don't really know the circumstances, but when, like, yeah, when you, exactly. you, you get to know people working in the scene, you get to see, you see people, you see the same faces
0: and you see, yeah, which is also another sad thing is you just see the same faces every yeah. single time. And uh, that also is another thing that have improved that, that has improved. Like last year, last year there was this influx of people fresh out of college or fresh out of, of matric starting to come to shows again which was cool because for like the first three years i worked in this industry it was the exact same people at every single show so that's also another thing that's starting to get better but then corona hit so yeah we'll have to wait and see after that again
1: what yeah just support
0: on? man it's just support there's that's what we lack we're lacking so much support we have a few people like a handful of people that are supporting and carrying this industry literally on their shoulders. Where you have other people who claim to love all these bands and acts and music as much as they do, but then they just do not support. And I know it's your money. You're allowed to do with it whatever you want to. It's just when it, if that could be the demise of the scene, don't bitch about it because you didn't make a difference yeah, in the, when you could have money is also not the only way to support artists. That's a big way to support
1: them. Yes. But you also get people who claim to love bands, but they won't interact with them on social media. Like I've tried explaining this oh, to people dude. that interacting with a band on social media or an artist helps them immensely. It doesn't just dude, help Commenting at, three words and posting it to your story. Yeah, is or, like... or, or sharing it or something. It helps like, because of the nature of how social media works, the more engagement something gets, the more people mm-hmm. it gets exposed to you. Exactly, you can help someone worlds like immensely just like you said by commenting three words liking sharing and yeah because uh, because
0: social media censors you so much so now it's already a starving musician and now you're already censored by social media if you could just if your people that claim that they're your friends you know your homies just if they don't comment on your posts or share them to their story and like tell them hey dude like this would be very nice if you could just support me it's going to take three seconds of your day support your favorite band support your friend's band even if you don't like their music even if you don't listen to your friend's bands just post it to your story comment a few things it's literally going to take you three minutes but it will mean so much for them yeah in the long run so like, ugh, dude, you, that's you, another thing. You might thing, forget like,
1: about it. You might forget that you even did it, but
0: it sticks with them. It's-, it's, it's Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a, a They'll go meaningful. home and be like, oh shit, dude, I got eight shares. Eight people shared me to their story today. That must mean that, you know, they like me, you know? So that's nice. So that I that means a lot to me. And then in a few years, it'll be 800 people shared me to their story. So like, it does build up and it means so much to them. And I think that we should really start social media is literally the, it's, it's, it is the future. And we're already there. We're already in the era of social media bands, like so many bands that have never performed a live show in their life that are doing so well because of social media. Yeah. Um, it's just very important, dude. No, it, it, it is incredibly important. Like, I want I wanted to touch
1: on something that you were talking about earlier, about just like, you know, when you look into the crowd and you see an artist that you look up to supporting you and just enjoying mm-hmm. what you're doing, I think two of the most noticeable notable experiences that I have personally had with this is funny enough with uh, facing the gallows, having opened for them when they come down to, to to Belito. Oh yeah, and just having sitting down and having a conversation with James, and just like uh, just having a chat with him about music is the most chill dude. Like I don't even care if the man doesn't even remember me. he he was just i did that james uh, will
0: definitely remember you he was just the the nicest
1: guy and it just it it motivated me so much as an artist and i think at that point my band was pretty shit we were just really lucky (laughs) to open up for them and it was just he was they were just so accommodating and so nice and just you know they had watched they had and they always stand
0: in their little we always stand together in the crowd it looks very funny yeah i don't know if they did it i don't know if they did it there because i wasn't at that show but like it, there's just like everyone's standing there. With, like ray usually has his arms crossed and he's like banging his head a little yeah and james is like standing with a beer or something he's like okay okay this is yeah cool. they're there And i don't know if you know ashley gainsford the
2: oh dude my boy uh,
0: I, I i love him so much man he's, he's also just... one of the reasons i am where i am he's like he's taken me under his wing he showed me the ropes for almost everything he's just the, the greatest he's like, like my maestro dude I'm originally from Joburg, from the West Rand. The first couple of shows I ever played
1: was at Rumors. And we always had the best time when Ash mixed us. And I did. He's like, such a solid I guy. got to the point where I played there long enough where like one of the turning points, and just like our like my heart melted to this, it was where he remembered us. He had remembered our songs. He had rem- like saved settings for when we played there. And he had re- <sighs> memorized some of our
0: songs and would do the lights accordingly to those songs and dude yeah he's such a he's such a lovely dude like he uh he remembers all of these things and you like he's just he's the like sweetest so dude so but... passionate you know yeah exactly That's- i feel i feel like ashley ashley is one of the very very great examples to use for passionate about this industry and passionate about the scene like he would do so much more than is expected of him just to make sure that the show runs smoothly just to make sure that everything you know everyone's happy everything's going good, you know? So that's, that's a very, uh, a very Ashley thing to do. I think we all need to be a little bit more like Ashley when it comes to supporting local bands, because he's that's the
1: standard. That's the benchmark now. That is.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's the Ashley Galesford benchmark. That is, that's where we at. If you don't support the (laughs) bands as much as Ashley does, don't call yourself a fan. (laughs) Uh, Great. Yeah, no, Ashley is great, dude. The Galas boys, I love how they support other bands and how they would like bring other bands into the scene, show them some exposure, you know, because yo, they've been around for almost longer than I've been alive, man. That is That's crazy to me how when I started working for them, I didn't really know the length of how big this band is in the scene. And just noticing everyone like coming to the front, especially when filth comes on and everyone's coming to the front of that barricade and they're grabbing the mic and they're screaming those lyrics as hard as they possibly can. And there's like hundreds of people screaming the same lyrics. It just, it's, you can see the difference that they have made. And that is why I do this because it's like, I can see this scene still has like a big ass heart. It's not dying i know a lot of people are like oh this scene's dying but it's not it's really not it's generally it's the, just...
1: the, the the bully the bully perception that it's
0: it's yeah dude like... oh i don't like this new bouncy blech music i'm gonna go listen to my music from like way back which is still good like it's still good right um like pestroy and those boys they were amazing um but things change but it's the awful. new like Yeah, the new bands are here and they don't get nearly enough recognition. And that's what I like what Gallows does is they'll take these small bands and be like, hey, you haven't been a band for even two years, but come over for us. We'll get you some new fans. You know, we'll we'll put your shit on our socials. And, you know, it just means a lot to the bands. And this is also like, it's also what happens to Sunken State because they're brand new. Sunken State haven't even been a band. I think it's just two years now. So like they're a brand new band. And they've already played for Black Dahlia Murder. Sunken State and um, has,
1: yeah, Matthew Swanepoel in Sunken State. Eh? Yeah, so shout out to Matt. Yeah, played in what Feast of Famine down here in Durban, if I'm not mistaken.
0: All I know is Matthew is one of the most talented musicians I've dude, ever no, For
1: sure, like it's it's unbelievable. The man's is ridiculously good guitarist. Like yeah, well we
0: were doing this live show for Urban Sessions, and he was sitting. It was his piano, and sat down, and he did a whole like a whole sunken state song just on the piano the what? whole guitar I even dude i think he plays everything oh, I think he, <laughs> <laughs> and then he went and he played some drums right after that so i was like well, okay we get it like, like you can bro, do all please. these things bro. i'm gonna tag him in this podcast be like yeah see dude i'm being so nice to you <laughs> Uh, a positive, a positive
1: attack like sort of <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> angrily no, they, shouting they, oh. compliments to people he's <laughs> a fucking great musician okay jesus <laughs> no like he's he's phenomenal but the the whole band is they're all super good musicians and that's why uh, their dynamic as well together is phenomenal and they they practice like three to four times a week so like oh no that would definitely uh, contribute to that must, i haven't seen sunken state live
1: like I haven't had the oh, opportunity dude. to do so but if they must be one hell of a live unit if they're practicing three to four times a week good God just
0: to set just to give you some idea uh the Ramfest show uh, they played for Black Dahlia murder their whole uh I think it was either 30 minute set or a 45 minute set I can't remember but during the whole set there was a constant 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 circle pit like it didn't stop even in between songs so it was it was it was insane i have some footage that i'll show you afterwards but it yeah, was like sure. crazy i can see that it's uh no there the the energy it's that energy it's that bounciness man it's um metal core and death core i feel in this industry right now is what's making the big impact it's what's making the big uh when in, in the metal industry you know um which i think is very cool but like i just love the variety that's coming out of all the nooks and crannies lately, like even with Gournay, like, it's very cool. It's, it's insane. It's, it's a, it's a nice change of pace, especially for me with James Deacon. Um, Like he is also a phenomenal musician. His one song got featured on HBO for their like trailer reel for all their movies. Uh, It's like the first South African to do that. And he's just been hitting number one spots in so many charts and it's just it's it's great to see because all these people are like my age or younger which is very nice So it's either 23 james is my age uh because his band is called james deacon and the 97s because we're all born in 97 um so it's nice to see like people my age a, bit, a little bit younger than me coming out of nowhere and being like hey i i made this band uh this is like our second show ever but we're pretty cool you know and then they just wreck the whole venue. And you're like, holy shit. These kids in like three to four years are going to be fucking huge. And you well, just know it's going to happen.
1: One of the biggest things that I've been trying to do as as I've been, mm-hmm. I've been getting older and trying... If I meet someone younger than me who's into music but doesn't like they've recently started playing an instrument or uh, they've they really really like a certain type of music. I'll ask them do you know that we do this locally? Have you heard of any local bands? And slowly but surely I just tried to bring as many people into that fold as possible, especially through yeah, Sludge, because
0: it's insane and,
1: how you don't really hear that. Yeah. And it's like you will you'll speak to someone who really likes a certain type of music and you're like, well have you heard this and this they're they're local. You should have and it blows like you the, their mind that there's something like this that exists locally
0: yeah that is exactly what happened to me like the first time uh i experienced like i didn't know who pastro was at all uh, until like last year somewhere i was chilling at sundowners and i was smoking a J with spencer who now moved to uh england he was the ex-owner of Yay. sundowners yeah awesome so and then uh he was like yeah did you go to the 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 2014 ram fest and i'm like bro do you know all that was in 2014 (laughs) like i couldn't go to any shows man i wasn't allowed to do all of these and i didn't even know these things existed and he was like okay cool and he showed me like pestroy and so many other like local bands that i was like there's no fucking way that these people how are they still not still here like it's 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 just it's it's crazy to me like how the are the talented the bands that i would listen to like that play warped tour when we have bands on the same caliber in south africa that i've never heard of yeah and it's cool to hear those kind of you know bands and see those acts you know like what is that i think the band was called a fate like yours do you remember a fate like yours it
1: sounds vaguely familiar but no they're this like
0: super cool metal band and i remember they went like they broke up and um we did one show at sundowners i couldn't i can't remember for which international band i think it was secrets they came back for one more show right and they're like this hardcore like metalcore i don't even know how to describe their genre they're just very heavy and very good and i remember the vocalist was in a neck brace because he hurt his neck And he was, like, standing on stage, but he was, like, hanging from, like, the bars, the ceiling bars in Sundown. So obvious how he got that fucking neck injury. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, like, with that neck brace, dude, (laughs) hanging there, screaming. And I was, like, what the fuck? This is, like, this is crazy cool. It reminded me of a band called The Chariot. Like, their shows are insane. It's, like, I was, like, this is insane. I didn't know we had this kind of, like, lose your mind. Yeah, like a Music, band that you've never South heard Africa. of that
1: blows your mind. It's and, and it's crazy yeah. how often you discover it in the local scene. I don't know if you remember exactly. a band called Burning Blue. I don't know if it was before your introduction into the scene. Yeah, like, no, I don't know. Um, Burning Blue. Yeah, uh, this this was the first like band that I'd never heard of that I, I watched, and I was there at one point. There were like the rumors when rumors were still in um uh, in Veldspread Park. Oh yeah, uh, and they were like the in-house band there. And they were the first band that I saw that just blew my mind, This band that I'd never heard of. And that was what triggered, like, I want to get to this point as a musician. I want to be able to do yeah. like this. And I, I don't think they know how much they inspired me as an artist and as a musician and just someone involved in the music scene.
0: Yeah, and they'll feel like they don't do a lot because they're just this band that plays, like, for, like, local shows. But, like, they don't understand this and they don't understand how much they inspire people to do things. Like, it's crazy to me. Like, we have such, and I, I promise you, uh, Rob from Mana's Machine probably inspired so many vocalists in South Africa. As,
1: as band as well. That was one of the, the next. Yeah, like, it's it's fucking one of the best bands dude like
0: shit they're crazy good And like Newtown knife gang and you know um all the way to pop punk like made for broadway all these bands are like very big inspirations and i'm also like i'm working on a project that is like kind of like ghost made inspired okay and i'm doing vocals for it and a person that uh, inspired me was Regan. And I've told him this before, like Regan from Face and Colours, new vocalist. And I'm like, dude, you don't know this, but like you, you do inspire a lot of people. And I'm one of those people that you inspire to like do things because he's also just a year older than me. Like he's 24, he's turning 25, I think, or he's 25 now or something like that. And it inspires the shit out of me that he can like hop onto this new ass band that, he already knew, but like it's, it's now his band. And then now they go to Germany to play the biggest metal festival in the world. And and he just did that in less than a year. And I was like, that is, that is crazy to me. Like that inspires the shit out of me. No,
1: dude, it's just, it's, Like we could probably gush about these guys for hours. Like I feel like we've just ended up being two fanboys in the music scene having a fucking conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the
0: biggest fanboy and everyone knows this dude. I'm like the biggest simp for all the musicians in the scene. Like my stories will always be full of new posts. Like, and when, even if I'm homies with them, if I go to shows and, you know, I chill with them or I, say uh, hug them say hello shit like that like that still makes me fanboy even though this I've like been friends with this guy for like more than two or three years. Like I, I would still fan. You gotta Boy you gotta hype them because...
1: up. They're like, you know, like just you know, it's yeah, dude. Just because you're their friend doesn't mean like you can't be a hardcore
0: fan either, you know. Yeah, bro. I'm a fucking massive fan for and like I'm probably like the biggest fan for the bands I work for. So like it's still it's so cool. And I, and the, the best part is I've been a fan before I started working for them. So like that is the nice part. So yeah. I can still it doesn't feel like oh, no, I now need to be a fan for my homies. I was a fan first. So I can still like use all that stuff that I used to do, buy them shots and drinks and be like, oh my God, I'm actually chilling with this these people. And then in the next sentence, also just like go and hang with them at their house and just be a friend, you know, but like being a fangirl at the exact, exact right points. And it's nice, like hype them up, make them feel good about themselves because they deserve it. I feel like the scene deserves more people who just hype your bands up, dude. Yeah, stop making them feel like they're like not doing enough, you know. Because so many bands are getting discouraged.
1: I mean, like how many how many times someone walked up to you and been like, "Have you heard this? Have you listened to this?" And they're like, "You know, it'll be it'll be a good song. It'll be from an international artist, but
0: have that same level of hype for a local artist as well." Exactly. That's one thing that I must say that the. Well, I say older generation, but they're not old. But I mean, like the 30, 30, 30 plus year old, that generation, the, the Pestroy generation, the, the, you know, the old school, the people who are like veterans in the scene right now. That's one thing that they do, though, that I really do appreciate is a lot of them will come to me and be like, dude, this band, like back in the day, listen to this, like they were so good. And or this band that they're still still going, but they're local. They play a show for like five people. But they're so good. You need to listen to them, and that is very nice. I get exposure from different points of views. Like they're boosting their friends, so like I feel like we should start doing it, that. It more makes me laugh well.
1: because the 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 age gap in my current band is humongous. Because <laughs> I like so I'm I'm 26, okay, yeah, and our vocalist is I I think he's 37 oh shit so like i think he played his first show when i was like in grade two holy shit <laughs> so uh, i don't know if you know matthew Haas. oh yes dude yes yeah. so matthew Haas is my band's vocalist and oh, just, like he also we we have these things where he's obviously he's very involved in the music scene even today yeah he was even, on the
0: summers panel with me yeah
1: wasn't he yeah yeah and uh, like, he, you know, he's also, the right he also guy, introduces yes. <laughs> us to new bands, but also bands that we had never heard of, bands that were obscure even in his time of being involved yeah. in the music scene. And it's, it's cool because you, you get to see such a parallel of how things are different, but also the same.
0: Like, yeah, exactly. It, but the most heartbreaking part is listening to these bands and then you find out that they broke up. Like, oh, dude, no, that fucking cause... kills me. There's nothing worse than yeah. finding a
1: local band that's so dope, and they're like, "Oh, those bands just disappeared." I think for me, it was sundog I don't know if you remember sundog no. um It was just a, it was this band from uh from joeberg dude. And I honestly thought they had some of the greatest potential, and one day they just vanished. Like, I can't even find any of the members on Facebook anymore was yeah, weird, weird how that breaking. happens. And it was also the golden. Or someone
0: gets a child or one of them moves to a different country and then it's like, it's just over. And yeah. that's very sad. Like...
1: And it's just it's like, it can disappear so quickly. And it's, it's saddened me because I would love to know what they, had they used this time, like what would have come out? And one of my favorite bands that are still around from when I first got involved is Savage Lucy.
0: Oh, dude. And I remember dude. seeing
1: Savage Lucy for <laughs> the first time at Speedo Fest at like the first at the first speedo fest and like to this day i still have fucking such a soft spot for that band
0: bro it's like it's it's one of my favorite bands to watch live. but i uh i have to tell you a funny story that happened with savage lucy uh we were at d-day um yeah so we were at d-day watching them perform and i was like obviously it's 420 fest so like yeah, you know, you're like, you're, you're, you're hoying. You're <laughs> grilled as hell. You're baked as heck. I don't know what, um, and I we think that someone spiked my, or the 1J that they were passing around in the crowd with some other weird shit. Because basically what happened was Savage, Lucy was like they were like halfway through with their set. And I was sitting with the, the members of a band called Them Dirty Strikes. Lovely people. Love them all so much. Uh, I also do their social media. They're just some of my best friends. And we were sitting there. We were all super stoned watching Savage Lucy. And I know this sounds like the best day on earth, right? So Savage Lucy, while you're stoned, it's all cool. And But the next moment, my, my whole body started like vibrating and everything went like purple and then like different colors. And I was like, what the hell is happening? The grass I was lying on felt like a waterbed. And I was like tripping super hard on I don't know what. And I was like lying back and I was like, cool, this is how I die. At least it's to Savage Lucy. So, like, that's okay. And then I threw up in front of the stage because of everything that happened. And then I went back, got hydrated. And a few hours later, I remember Austin coming to me after the set. And he's like, uh, Brandon, was our set that bad? <laughs> like, that you, <laughs> that you had to fucking throw up in front of the stage?
1: and like, i was like oh shit no, I, mean, like, I consider like the impact that that would have to someone on stage like what do you do like the show must
0: go on like, like and it was like i was smack dab in the middle of the like stage like three meters away sitting and then that's when i throw up so like everyone saw the whole band the whole crowd so they were like shit dude this dude really doesn't like savage lucy but no like they're they're one of my favorite south african bands dude I saw this video of them playing on like the back of a Bucky outside oh, of gee, arcade. It
1: was so dope. It was like, think like, oh, it was oh, in a parking cool.
0: lot. Yeah. Of arcade empire. As oh, far as I know. Rest in peace as well there. Oh, I don't want to talk
1: about that. Yeah, I might that, cry. The, <laughs> the feels brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. So they're great. Like so many local bands that are just phenomenal. And I would love to work with every single one of them. I have probably through Jam packed, and they're just like, it's great, and they're great people, because really in this scene, I feel like if you're a dick, there's no way that you'll survive for more than like maybe a year, maybe. But people, people talk, and promoters talk, and fans talk, and everyone talks. If you're gonna be an asshole, you're not gonna make it far in this industry. Yeah, like so, uh, you,
1: I can I can personally attest to that because i have been in a band where two members personally ruined a reputation just for anyone who's in a band listening it really has a massive impact on your
0: overall perception and how far your band can potentially go definitely dude like um one member in that band can poison the whole the whole um image and if uh if that member isn't like dealt with in the sense of either a public apology or being kicked out of the band it depends on the extent of what happened i feel like um people just aren't gonna people just aren't gonna support you anymore no i mean you, and we, you're we, gonna have a reputation it with bands in the local scene like you've exactly yep a few a few bands a few bands like that i've even like last year where it's like you could have handled that way better. That's also why I think a lot of bands should have a social media manager where someone can at least green light before they post because some bands post things where you're like, holy shit, you really should not have fucking said that. No, yeah. I don't care how you meant it. If you, whether you meant it in like in a bad or good way, like that was like something you should not have done. And that's probably going to cost you a few shows. A lot of venues are probably going to, take you off of their list. Like, yeah. you like fucked something, up. something Graham
1: Watkins spoke about was being in the public eye. If you're an artist and if you're trying to make a name for yourself, whether you like it or not, you're in the public eye. And yeah. That's not just your band. If you're in a band, it's not just your band that you, you know, the, the, your, the statement you make as a band. It's you have to be careful about what you say as an individual, because at the end of the day, you are a representative of what is essentially your brand. And yes, while your views might not be the views of the rest of your band, you can taint their image, as we were talking about. So, as exactly, dude, you, you have to be careful about what yourself. you say, and you have to think very carefully about
0: doing anything that could be perceived as controversial, exactly. So, a lot of people will, will tell me, like, okay, but like, yeah, it's just the one member, you know, separate artists from art. Then I'm like, okay, you say that, right. You say that. But what if Corey Taylor, you know, comes on stage and yells like some racist shit? Are people gonna be like, hey, holy shit, I don't like Corey Taylor anymore? Or are they gonna be like, hey, I'm stepping away from Slipknot? I can promise you the majority of people are gonna be like, Slipknot needs to deal with this, even though yeah. Corey Taylor they'll, they'll just kind just of is the whole face. Because if the rest of, you of the band to, doesn't like... say anything, uh, exactly uh, it gives that impression of, okay, well, they're fine with this exactly that is the problem and then people are like okay cool well if you're so fine with something very hateful that you're not reprimanding your band member then that means you're complying to it which is not a good thing at yeah. all so then they'll just step back so like dude I, w- I would feel get social media managers start or at least run it by a few of your friends before you post something because it can be something innocent as well that you mean as a it can completely and then if it's misconstrued fucking make a post about it make an apology post about it being misconstrued try and explain yourself don't just leave it dude yeah (laughs) yeah something very fucked up will happen and then they'll just never come up with a response it's so stupid dude. it's so stupid like just it's basically it's basic knowledge when you you are being put on a pedestal by people and that's the that's the bad and good part about being in quotations, famous, you know, you're being put on a pedestal, you're given some sort of power. And if you abuse that power or you say something that is very stupid, you're gonna have to explain yourself or carry the repercussions for it. And if you're not gonna be willing to carry the repercussions for it, there are gonna be bigger repercussions for it. So, yeah. like, just don't be, you know, don't be a dwarf let chill have a good time stop being stop stop going on your social media when you're angry about a controversial subject either either make a fake account with your own name that you're far away from the band because if you're going to go on social media and you're going to post something that is very fucked up you're going to screw up the livelihoods of every single member of that band of yours and that is very unfair towards them because some bands have worked towards their success for years and it can be stripped away by one member being stupid. Yeah, and no, I feel like, I feel like that's really unfair.
1: Like we've covered a lot of background here, man. Like we've spoken about so many different things and I've really, really enjoyed your perspective on just, you know, bands, the scene itself, the the behind the scenes. And it's just, it's been such a great perspective it has been such so great to hear from someone from your side of things. Cause you're the first person we've interviewed in this sort of aspect who does what you do and is involved in the way that you do. And it's been so dope chatting to you about this.
0: Oh, thank you so much, man. Like this, this is also a very cool platform. Like I really didn't, once again, I didn't even know about this platform until you, um, about sludge underground until you contacted me and I was like, Holy shit, you guys have been going for like over four years. Like that is cool that is what we need you know we need that exposure that safe space for bands and it's very cool what you guys are doing yeah thank you so much for like having me on this like, I feel so cool I feel so cool I like on a podcast and shit like this I is really, rad dude. I really
1: appreciate it man Nas would have been here as well today unfortunately due to circumstances he wasn't able to make it I'm sure he'll That's appreciate cool. that as well when he listens through what we usually do when we, we close out, there's a, there's a couple of things that we do is that when we interview an artist, we play some of their music. Now I know that you said you were working on something. I don't know if you have anything released that we could play or alternatively, we can choose uh, one of your favorite local songs at this point to close out on.
0: Oh shit. Uh, no, I haven't released anything. I've recorded it all. It just needs to be mixed and mastered still. Uh, it's going to It's going to drop in March and uh yeah, Do you send so something my way when that the, happens? I shall, definitely. But um, let's see. My favorite local song. Why should I choose, man? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Gallows. And I'm going to have to go with Blackening.
1: Oh, it's yes. fantastic. Now, yes. before, before we close up, man, where can people find you on social media?
0: Awesome. So I am on Instagram at brandon but like it's spelt very weird it's uh at b-r-r-a-n-d-x-n uh because i'm edgy like that and then i'm also on twitter under the same at and uh yeah you can just find me on facebook or around brandon render that's where i am but preferably just stick to stick to instagram because i don't really post cool stuff on facebook i'm just very bland on there so (laughs) the only thing on facebook that's cool is wade flowered tuning me <laughs> those, those interactions
1: yeah <laughs> well guys i've been Marcel. uh you can find me up on facebook twitter and youtube as Marcel smuts and you can find me on instagram as thorns of sludge and there is going to be a video going up onto the sludge underground youtube channel it is going to be pretty cool that is either going to be going up or it'll probably be up by the time this episode goes up so go check it out it'll be there
0: There'll be a link in the description. Uh, also, sub to Marcel, get him to 250 subs. <laughs> please,
1: you. please, shameless plug aside, That's, <laughs> that would be great. I, I, I crave attention, please. And yeah, that has been me. This is Closing Out with the Blackening by Facing the Gallows.